The world's gone crazy. And we're just trying to keep up. Bob and Zip. So in honor of all the nights that Ed didn't show up, why don't Ed and I start this podcast? <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Yeah, that'll be fun. How are you, Ed? Making up for lost time. I'm well. Uh, Good. Every day above ground is a bonus after a certain age. Yes, absolutely. Uh, after really birth. Yeah, yeah, the right side of It's terrifying. just that we don't know it until we get in our 60s. Yeah. And then it becomes glaringly apparent. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially in the morning. All right. On tonight's podcast, uh, a couple of things to talk about. Uh, we're going to have Tammy Asars, who has uh, done one update from the Appalachian Trail, which I recorded with her. It was at the end of the podcast two weeks ago. She contacted me and said she has just come through one of the worst parts of the Appalachian Trail. Uh, it's called Mahusuk. Mahus- Is that the Walmart? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's Spike. There's no Walmart there. Hi, Spike. How you doing? I'm great, guys. How are you? All right. The other thing to tell you about is that Spike O'Neill is joining us uh, because he's at Cairo, his new radio gig, which starts, unfortunately, like an hour into our recording. So he's talking to us from an iPhone. And uh, and I believe that Zip will join us at some point, too. I believe oh, this could be Tammy right now. Hello, Tammy Asars. Tammy, what did we do to get rid of the feedback last time? Uh, well, I have my headphones in. Oh, um, now it's perfect. Yeah, there, there you okay. are. Okay, excellent. So, ladies and gentlemen, Tammy Asars, live from the Appalachian Trail through the miracle of modern technology. She, <laughs> she has just passed through. Uh, what's the nickname for Mahusik? <laughs> well, do you want me to be honest? We yeah. called it the Sphincter it, of Maine. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it? Sphincter of Maine. <laughs> it was so incredibly hard. And the arm going down into it is this big rock slab that you have to come down that takes forever, too. So we decided that was its colon. And then we, <laughs> and then we passed on through to New Hampshire. So we've been reborn. Oh, good. And I, I looked up Mahusik, which is spelled M-A-H-O-O-S-U-C. And it's maybe the suck suckiest part of the trail uh you can let us know when you're done <laughs> uh, but it is it is it, like why would anybody put a trail through these ginormous granite boulders that you have to climb over and under and some of them are really tricky and difficult right tammy because they're there oh yeah right. yeah it's it's absolutely crazy i guess uh, my assessment of this whole trail through maine and probably no, on to new hampshire is that these All were right. built by very very uh Seasoned mountaineers right. that definitely don't have modern lives. This is such an old trail. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Parked it anywhere they pleased. Well, they were also built before trail building became an art, right? They were built before oh, switchbacks. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of this trail is just, we should go straight up the mountain. That'll be quicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Today we were coming down this one part and um, had to double check to make sure we were on the right trail. And it was like, well, it looks steep and it could potentially break a leg or kill you. So it's most likely we're on trail. All right. Now, so some, to anyone who has not heard the previous uh, couple of podcasts that you were on, let me reset this up. Tammy Asars is a former neighbor of ours who's an author, outdoor enthusiast, and uh, an amazing hiker. She has, she has done the Pacific Crest Trail. She has done the Continental Divide Trail, and she's going to become one of the few people and really one of the very few women ever 
it, assuming you get to, we're not jinxing it, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> who has done the trifecta when she adds the Appalachian Trail, which goes from uh, Maine to Georgia. Now, you've been doing this, are you in like three weeks in? How far in are you? Yep, we're three weeks in, um, and since I last talked to you, we've conquered another 200 miles, mm. uh, and we just passed through uh, into New Hampshire, so we're about to go into the White Mountains, okay. which we're told are also quite interestingly hard. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, gosh. And I've hiked. So what you're about to do was all my stomping ground as a kid. And, oh. Uh, and I remember when I got through the, to the White Mountains, I used to think I could hike like three miles an hour. And oh. when I got through there, it was like it was taking me an hour to do less than one mile. And I was like, something's wrong here. It must be me. So it's very, very difficult. But you're going to ace this, Tammy. I mean, you're. Yeah. Oh, Zip is just joining us now. Let's see if we can bring Zip in. Hang on. I'm here. Yes. Right, Zip. Good. Hey. Uh, <laughs> yes. Bob, Hi, let me at, uh, yeah. Hi, how are, how are you? <laughs> well, hanging in there. Doing well. Feet are good. <laughs> now, does the Appalachian Trail run across Mount Washington, Bob? Yes, it does. Oh, okay. That's, Zip, that's you've been there, right? Yeah, yeah. Some of the worst weather <laughs> in the world. Actually, yeah. it is. It's noted for it. Highest Tim, wind, uh, wind gust ever. Uh, Timmy, Timmy, what do you expect going through the White Mountains? Because I know you've done your homework. Uh, well, I know there's a cafeteria at the top of Mount Washington, so I'm expecting <laughs> to eat there. You're kidding. Um, <laughs> no, there is. A, there's a road. It, it's a tourist area. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, no, actually, I, I know it's going to be difficult. I know that the mileage is going to be low. I know that that there are going to be really hard days, especially because we have some rain in the forecast now, and that's slightly concerning considering how steep yeah. this stuff is and treacherous. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, so when that happens, let me ask you as a seasoned hiker, when that happens, when there's rain and the conditions get bad, if you get wet, do you have to take days off or is that just not an option when you're doing the Appalachian Trail in a limited time? You know, some hikers do, um, especially in this area, because, as you know, Mount Washington can hand it down and can be very deadly up there. Um, mm -hmm. But as far as just rain, I mean, you're going to get a, a thunderstorm a couple times a week in the summer, and you just have to be prepared. We walked for several hours through driving rain on this last stretch, and it was actually kind of fun because in the Northwest, rain to me means cold, possible hypothermia, mm. all these things. Out here, it was, <laughs> the humidity was high, and it was like, this is kind of fun. It was like a movie. <laughs> it was just all coming down. We were soaked. It was... Yeah. Oh my! Hopefully I want to ask Tammy what she what she eats when she's uh, traveling. Uh, you mean actually on the trail, not in yes. trail towns. Yes. In trail right. towns, the answer is everything. Um, <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on the trail itself, um, you know, I do a lot of like tuna packets right. and um, chicken packets. Try to find stuff with protein. Uh, I'm getting a little tired of peanut butter and, and beef jerky. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. It's hard. To, it's really difficult to find food that sounds good. Sometimes you're on a sweet kick, and other times anything sweet just sounds terrible, and you want salty. And so it's it's kind of the food part. It is kind of tricky, and especially resupplying in towns is tricky because they don't always have what you want or right. need or right. what you're used to. And so, are you able to refill from streams? Is the water uh, drinkable straight out of the uh, the drink? Shall they, shall we say? 
Yeah, um, you have to filter it, of course, okay. because there's, um, you know, we in Maine, we came across moose droppings a ton. Um, oh, yeah. And, moose droppings. And, uh, mm, sounds like a, yeah. a wonderful <laughs> microbrew. Sorry about that, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, um, Maine was awesome, though. We saw three moose and a bear, and uh, what else did we see? A bunch of, you know, the loons, and there's little toads everywhere, and it, it reminds me a lot of the Northwest. Some of the plants were familiar to me, sure, sure. Um, but the lakes and just the the vistas were amazing. So, okay, so it was hard work, but good. Tammy, you you mentioned you have done 200 miles since we last spoke. Wow. How many miles so far of the 2,000, almost 2,200 miles of the Appalachian Trail have you completed roughly? Uh, almost 300. Okay. Well, and how do you feel? Uh, do you have any blisters? Do you have any, or is this just a walk, literally in the park for you? I, don't I wish so. it was a walk in the park. It is not. It's it's a lot of climbing, and I, when I say climbing, I don't mean like it's a steep trail and you're just going up a steep trail. I mean hands and feet scrambling, coming down stuff that is incredibly knee jarring. Yeah. It's it is absolutely treacherous at times. It's mm. challenging. Um, I'm looking forward to the day when I can actually just quote-unquote hike because yeah. right now it's so much climbing. Um, I feel pretty good. A little um, ibuprofen here and there doesn't hurt, but um, mm -hmm. some swollen, a little bit of swelling in my knees and stuff from just all the jarring, but no blisters overall. I feel, all right. All right. I feel really good. strong and good resolve. Hey, Bob. Hey, Spike. Go ahead. You're on with Tammy. Hey, Tammy. I'm, I'm proud hey, of I... how much you've accomplished. Thank you. Thank you. So you're moving through the White Mountains, which is Bob's old stomping ground. I know there's a... Oops. <laughs> Spike, stand next to a window. Put the tinfoil <laughs> on your ears. <laughs> this is the first time we've done this with Spike on a phone. and. Uh... Am I gone? Can you hear me? No, you're back. Go ahead. Get the question out quick. Um, can you grab Bob's 1973 June Playboy from the trail? That's worth a lot of money these days. <laughs> That's just wrong. <laughs> no, it's actually deadly accurate. So, what did I say? It was your old stomping grounds. It was my old stomping grounds. And, you know, we used to go up to the White Mountains, and we used to bring Boone's Farm apple wine. Yeah. And, and literally, maybe it was 1977, because it was a couple of years oh, out of high school. I, I have just the soundtrack. Oh, what? to live on yeah. Playboy Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first signs that I would become an alcoholic and have to uh, quit forever <laughs> were very yes. evident back then. So, yeah. uh, so, Tammy, as you come through New Hampshire, uh, if it's uh, my understanding, the, trail's, the trail gets easier because I've been on it. And you're going to cross one of the coolest places, Dartmouth College. You're going to walk through Hanover, which is a wonderful yep. town. I must tell you, the restaurants there are excellent. So, And I've been there many times when you see these people who look like, no offense, half Neanderthal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> carrying there, their there packs. There definitely is a, a trail rat ensemble that yeah. you can't miss. And, <laughs> but the people in Hanover, because it's such a cool college and everything, they, they, they love it. And, uh, you know... You, you may be coming through there exactly when we're in town. That's that's scary. Wow. Uh, I am cool. so hoping that lines up. That would be amazing. Oh, we and are going to find you no matter no matter how we have to do <laughs> good. it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Now, Lisa remember, said it would be a, such a joy to actually hike with you for part of it, and we oh might my gosh. hopefully try yeah. it. Yeah. 
Uh, but except that we'll slow you down something fierce, and I know you'll be, <laughs> I know you'll be polite about it, but you'll be like, okay, going to get rid of the rivers. So <laughs> old man rivers, yeah. get rid of old man rivers. All right, Ed, you got a question. Yeah, uh, be careful, Bob, if you do go and meet up with her. She's a photographer and a good one, so yeah, bring yeah, your yeah. powder and cake down before yeah, you yeah. sit down at lunch. Mm. Uh, so, so Tammy, um, this is. This is a big deal, uh, and when you get to the end, it's we're we're talking almost Thanksgiving, right? November sometime. Yes, that's the hope. Mm-hmm. Is is your husband Bill going to be out there, and are you going to have a big, uh, you know, um, how do you how do you envision the final part of it? And how, it, you're not going to Disneyland because that's what NBA <laughs> players do. But what are you going to do oh, after? That- you know, it's so funny because on the Continental Divide Trail, I had this big vision of grandeur of how it was going to go down, and we ended up finishing a day early, and no one could come, and it was this whole thing. So I think this time it's going to be I would love to have my husband there, and my sister lives in North Carolina, so it would be great to have her there. Um, and, you know, just have a, a few friends have, inter- have mentioned they might be interested in, in coming down for the, the final few walks. Um so we'll just have to see how it all lines up. If I'm early and everybody's busy with Thanksgiving plans, I may be just high-fiving myself and hopping on an airplane. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, Tammy Asaris, folks, uh, an old friend of the show, uh, an amazing superwoman, seriously, the author of so many books, uh, Hiking the Wonderland Trail, which um, uh, which I uh, was fortunate enough to be able to do, Hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, Mount Adams and Goat Rocks, uh, wow. And apps too, and more. Yeah, and you're involved. Of all the, tell us about the app because it's the coolest thing when you're hiking. Yeah, so uh, there is a company called Far Out, um, and long ago I started working with them back when they were Gut Hooks Guides, and I created the uh, data and photos and helped them with the Wonderland Trail app. So it's uh, it's kind of my app, but they're kind of the back end brain behind it so to speak, but it has the Wonderland and the West Side Loop and the Northern Loop and all those good things. And you can, from any point you're standing on the trail, it will tell you where your next water source is or point of interest or landmark review or yada, yada. It's really a cool app, and it works without using uh, connectivity. So just with the GPS on your phone if you have no service. Hey, uh, Tammy, uh, this is Far Out calling. Uh, <laughs> we got a bug in the app, babe, like you won't reload. Can you come in in the morning? <laughs> yeah. Far a little, Out. A little out of the coverage area right now, uh, but uh, <laughs> we'll do our best, Chong. So uh, uh, the other thing to mention, by the way, well, first off, your photography and your website. Uh, folks, if you want to check her out, TammyAsars.com. It's T-A-M-I for Tammy, and Asars is A-S-A-R-S.com. And it's funny, I mentioned that people could follow you on Instagram, and I, you know, I got some emails from senior citizens going, I can't find her on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what I said is if you go to the website, TammyAsars.com, yeah. at the bottom there's these little things, and one of them has a little F in it, and the other one has a little yep. camera in it, and the other <laughs> one has a little Tweety Bird in it. Anyway, press on that, and you can uh, you can follow and see some of her photography. Really, one of the most amazing things you do is take some of the most astounding outdoor oh, photography anyone has ever seen. Yeah. So, so Tammy, I know Thank we're you. on about every two weeks or so, uh, but whatever works out for when you have a cell signal. And then the last question, when you're talking to us, 
Are you like, do you disappear so no one could see that you're a, a, like on the media and all of that? Because I don't know. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I prefer to kind of be incognito for a number of reasons. One sure. is obviously just safety, but but it's, um, you know, if people ask, certainly tell them. And I've enjoyed meeting so many great people and I have some new Instagram followers and I'm trying to come up with really fun content to post on there so folks can see how the struggle is real. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to experience the entire Appalachian Trail from your couch, and I think most of our <laughs> listeners do, <laughs> follow Tammy on Instagram. And, uh, and Tammy, uh, please stay safe, stay, uh, stay good. And next week, we will be in Vermont. So we'll text and find out when you're going to cross. That sounds perfect. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank all the you, best. And uh, it's a good night from the AT. Good night from the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> be safe. All right. Thank you. Tammy Sars. Wow, isn't that cool? It is. I want to pull out a harmonica. <laughs> you know, on the Appalachian Trail is Tammy, and she just finished the Eric Corman show. Yeah. Isn't that wonderfully refreshing that it has nothing to do with politics? <laughs> it really is, because that's all that's on, yeah. on the media everywhere. So, uh, we only have Spike for a little while uh, because he is now officially full time. On the radio, 7 to 10 p.m. Spike. Yeah. On 97.3 Cairo. <laughs> and uh, nice. I just want to hear from you, Spike, how you're feeling. And uh, what, what do you think is the most important topic of the day? You probably prepared something cool for your show tonight. Give us your take. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I, 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 can you can you hear me at all? I can. I guess it's yeah. such a weird thing to be doing this through my phone. Yeah, it's, inside, I'm, I'm inside a production studio. Yeah, well, just for a few minutes to catch up before you get to your real job now. Yeah. Um, what you up to? Well, it's funny because um, you know, I'm working with a kid who's a, a younger producer who's also learning the ropes. Be nice if they were to give me somebody who knows what producing a show looks like, <laughs> but that's okay. Because I'm, I'm, it'd be nice if I was somebody that know what, uh, you know, building a show from nothing looks like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so, but, you know, I've been trying to not be. T oh. Uh -oh. oh, we lost him. We lost you. Um, well, go ahead. Keep talking. You know that I can make I can make anything Donald Trump's fault in six moves or less. Yes, it's like the Kevin Bacon game. You're a savant that Trump. way, yeah. Yeah, um, so, but it, you know, and it's I mean, we, were, we we had to do election coverage, my second night on the air, mm. you know, primary coverage, and I'm like, how do I not talk about election deniers and the big lie is going to win all of Arizona? And like, I'm trying not to go to like, how do you people believe this crap? And I'm I'm trying to not be pejorative. Pejorative, yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll wait for him to come back. His producer's too fast on that dump button. <laughs> <laughs> too fast on that. All right, you're back, Spike. Go ahead. I'm yeah, back, go okay. So, pejorative so I'm was where Pejorative, okay. I'm taking over a show that was a number one nighttime show with a conservative host. Mm. Oh, boy. So my audience mm. fucking hates me. Yeah. It's awesome. It's a great it starting awesome. point. It's awesome. Yeah. It really mm -hmm. is. Yeah. But I'm like, and I, I, I've been saying a lot, look, you know, we're going to have different points of view. And you can ex if you can explain to me why I'm wrong and, and sh show me the way, I would love to get smarter because of this show. And maybe oh, you will, too. Show me there the way. Go. There's your theme there song. You, <laughs> That's awesome. you know what? <laughs> you'll be the guy that people love to hate. That'll be great for ratings. Yeah. And then after that, you'll be the guy that people hate to love. It's, it, it all comes around. <laughs> all right. Oh, there we there have that connection thing. Hey, Spike, let you go prep your show. 
Um, we'll get yeah. you ba back next time with better quality. We'll get it all hooked up and dialed in. I, I think what what I'll try to do is find a computer that I can log on to. Yes. And then and then go through the standard. You know, we we what we always do from my home computer. Yeah. Like yeah. You can't be mine because I mean I've got. I'm looking at 2,800 microphones and mixing boards in this building. <laughs> Sorry, There's got to be some equipment. way for me to sound better than this damn phone. No, no worries. <laughs> it, it, it isn't exactly InfoWars. Right. God right. bless you, Spike, and congratulations on the gig. Amen. And we'll uh, yeah. connect in a week or so. Yeah, good for him. Stay safe on the trail. Don't fall into a crevasse. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was Tammy. All right. Now it's just Bob and Zip with Ed Kelly. Well, hey, hi, guys. Back to where we began. So uh, that was all fun. Zip, you've yeah. got a lot of noise there. You've got an air conditioning issue tonight? Well, it's, a, it's about 5,000 degrees. I don't have air yeah. conditioning in my uh, studio, ironically. So just get close to down. the microphone. All right, hang on. Let me let me angle it different. Stand, sure. stand by. <laughs> As they say. Our technical staff is on vacation this week and every week. <laughs> we are our technical staff. Um, and I figured I'd start with that. Uh, Ed, Ed and I discussed this earlier Um one of the um, one of the symptoms of the economic times we're going through in the aftermath of COVID nineteen and the pandemic, the, the previous pandemic, I should say, yeah, because there's yeah. a new pandemic. Yeah, monkeypox. So uh, one of the symptoms of all of this is short staffing, and notice that short staffing is mostly occurring in shit jobs. Would you both yeah. agree with me? Yes, because it's <laughs> yes. yes. I'm not going, once people get a taste of freedom or working for themselves online or whatever, they don't ever go back. Not necessarily shit, shit jobs, but just repetitive, boring jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could still be decent pay and have benefits, but yeah, people just... Soul-sucking suck. jobs, as they say. Yeah. Sucking yes. jobs, which uh, some of you who've stayed in radio... No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but a lot, of, a lot of my... I don't want to make this about my... Uh, my radio brethren, many who've been uh, thrown under the bus and still have tire oh, tracks on their back. No, I feel <laughs> so really what it's about is uh, is jobs in service industries like restaurants, hotels, um, even in uh, working little stores in the malls. And I, I went oh, to a store a couple of months it. ago and there was a sign on the door saying, sorry, we're not open today because we have nobody to open the store. Oh, man. And, and I thought, well, at least you're being honest. Yeah. And I will never come to this store ever again. Ever again. <laughs> you know who else is really taking it on the chin during this? Who? Dry cleaners. Because oh. everybody's staying home. You don't have to dry clean your suit to impress the boss. Nobody oh. has to, you know. That's more specifically caused by the pandemic down industry then. Yeah. Um, comedian Steve Hofstetter, is, <laughs> never heard of him. He's a, he's a really funny uh, guy, and Andrew's on tour with him right now. Cool. He wrote this post about this, uh, specifically aimed at hotels. He said, please be patient with us as we sell every room in this hotel while only having one <laughs> housekeeper. <laughs> Despite the massive amount of revenue we get from being sold out, we are having trouble finding people who will work for nothing. <laughs> We've tried everything except paying them or accepting less revenue. Please do your part by taking your laundry at the end of the hall to the shoot. <laughs> Thanks and welcome up here. 
Yeah. Uh, so he, he wrote, Dear Hotels and Restaurants and Airlines and Everywhere Else, if you don't have enough staff to handle your normal amount of customers, stop taking your normal amount of customers. You're not <laughs> understaffed. You're overbooked. Oh, wow. Which, <sighs> that's not an answer either. Uh, because as soon as you do that, it, like, prices are based on supply and demand. Yep. And the inflation that we have now is a supply and demand issue. But it's also a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's sort of like the tailspin that JFK Jr. was in after he and his girlfriend uh, finished doing lines uh, <laughs> in that airplane before it spiraled That's and crashed off Marshall's Vineyard. No, once you get into a tailspin, you can't get yeah, out of it. You can't pull out. Spatial disorientation, spiral. as yeah. I know. And w what happened, and by the way, people, thank you, Joe Biden, for the inflation. But what people don't understand is that this was all pretty much caused by COVID-19. It was caused by supply chain interruptions. It was caused by shortages at the same time we were printing trillions and trillions of dollars and giving it to people because, you know, being the short-sighted uh, yeah, country, human beings that we are, I'm not even going to, it has nothing to do with politics. We figure, uh-oh, people aren't going to work. They're going to need money to buy stuff. And no one went, uh, but they've also stopped making stuff. Mm -hmm. And what happens is uh, the people who get this money go i need I'm, I'm home all day you know i need a new deck and i could use an <laughs> exactly. 83 inch television too and everybody's got time and not a lot of money and uh oh, i'm not spending it on vacation i'm not spending it to fly anywhere so i think i'll just buy stuff and i'll hire a plumber and i'll hire a carpenter and what happened is all these people were overbooked so prices went up and then the supply chain issues you know, stuff wasn't being made. And we were so used to low inflation and everything being in stock. Yep. For instant installation. Yeah. Instant gratification. Uh, we had this whole thing going for decades. And all of a sudden, that didn't work. And, and here yeah. in Detroit, the auto companies went to the just-in-time model where they only kept just enough parts on hand to build what was slowing down the line. No backup stock. And meanwhile, the United States, which for some reason acts like China is the enemy. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't get it. That's like acting like oxygen is your enemy because <laughs> yeah. uh, China makes all the chips that are in everything we use. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we could have made chips, but we made potato chips instead. instead we did sour right. cream and onion. We did all kinds of potato <laughs> chips. Barbecue. This country. Uh, so it's just a goofy, uh, it's a goofy thing. For the most part, what frustrates me is that most people, um, at least in free media online, have no idea that there's a big picture. Hmm. You know what I mean, Zip? Yes, I do. I, I want to throw a figure out. I heard this earlier this week. Mayors shipping, they're the big container shippers, mm -hmm. right? Uh, last year, their profit, you know, basically did $24 billion worth of business. This year, it's $37 billion, you know, for supply chain. Same oh. number of shipping containers just raised their rates? Yeah. yeah. I mean, corporate gouging, wouldn't you say? I don't believe in levels. gouging, by the way. I'm a, I'm a supply <laughs> demand fan. Right. Yeah. You don't think it's I a thing. It, no, yeah. I call you it call speculating it and opportunism, which is what <laughs> this country was built on. I mean, yeah. uh, in what world, Zip, do you imagine where some big corporate executives are, are told at their board meeting, 
you know, we could get a lot more money for our stockholders <laughs> and us. And they go, yeah, but that would be gouging. <laughs> well, yes. I, you know, I suppose that's true because I have mutual funds. So I, yeah. All right. You're right. Even Bruce Springsteen is in on the I'm couch. on the same nipple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the same <laughs> nipple. Wow. But the, hum- <laughs> the human um, desire, anytime something's inconvenient, is to figure out whose fault it is. And I'm with you on that. I mean... I'd like to blame somebody. Well, when it's baby formula, I get pissed off. Mm. You know, should have been uh, planned ahead for, like pandemic, mm. something yeah. like that. You don't even have a baby, and you can't no. But I, I, I talk to homeless people, and I, I you know, I, I live in some downtrodden, close to mm. some downtrodden yeah. parts, and we interact. Right, right. So, how do you write the ship, Bob? Uh, you don't actually. Here's the funny thing about capitalism: um, you're supposed to lose sometimes mm-hmm. and it's supposed to wipe out some people and then they fight real hard uh, to claw back and things get into a balance again and then when there's a balance um, uh, the people who have leverage try to take more and more because greed is sort of how you built things up greed and is then good. it's called the business cycle <laughs> and then things collapse again and having been you know on this earth for a little while uh-huh. And having lived through the 70s and the 80s, when we, we and the industrial revolution, yeah, right? and the industrial and, and, and the, the digital <laughs> revolution, the internet, yeah. that's Ooh. our industrial, oh, yeah. that's our internet. industrial revolution. Absolutely, it is. Yes. Uh, it's fascinating to see because it happens over and over again. But we all, as um, my friends used to say in this uh, 12-step support group. Mm-hmm. Uh, which will remain anonymous. We all have like, <laughs> well put. Yeah, we all have like a built-in forgetter uh-huh. uh, because we don't, like man was not made to think over a lifetime. Man was made to you know essentially live in a tribe, uh, steal from the other tribes, keep them from stealing from you, fight, yeah. sharpen spears. Uh, eventually, only in the last 30,000 years has agriculture existed and we grow stuff. Right. You know, before that, we used to, we were forage and scavenge. And so we didn't think like, you know, um, remember that time the, the price of uh, spears went up back 30 years ago? <laughs> we, we don't learn anything that way. <laughs> and and wow. now that we have this thing called civilization, mm-hmm. civilization is, um, John Stewart put this really well. Uh, in 2016, he's, after Trump was elected, good he, was, like that, yeah. he was like, can you believe how things have fallen apart? And he went, no, um, the lack of civilization is normal for mankind. Mm-hmm. It's normal for us to be tribal and the biggest, loudest person wins or the person with the most, you know, the bulliest. The bully would be who would be the head of the tribe because right. people were afraid to challenge him. Exactly. And other people would stand behind him because they believed because he was a bully. I'm not referring to any particular bully mm-hmm. throughout history. Genghis Khan, you know, <laughs> Donald Trump. I mean, they're all <laughs> Hitler, <laughs> Hitler, and, and they're not the same person. But they, but they win by being um, charismatic, um, and patriarchal, yeah, yeah, bullies. And 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 by the way, they're men. Um, if a woman like Hillary Clinton tries to, you know, speak forcefully. She's not treated the same way a man is because no. in our DNA, it's like, shouldn't you be making babies and dinner? Uh, get in that kitchen rattling <laughs> pots and pans, Hill. And it's, 
and it's I think it's you know maybe it's politically correct for me to even mention that but I think it's yeah. okay to admit that that's our failing that's our problem yeah. and that civilization arises from our greater good as we as we I, who knows why this man got smarter? Is it a creator? Um, you know, did someone buy whatever an apple? existential explanation you want to mm-hmm. attribute? It, whatever, to. whatever you attribute it to, man is this incredibly um, resourceful, uh, creative, artistic uh, being that's struggling to grow and be better and not be a knuckle dragger. Yeah, yeah, and and then there are a lot of men who go, whoa, whoa, whoa! I like it just the way it is. Don't grow anymore because that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. They call those conservatives. Well, my, 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 my name is uh, <coughs> Rich McConnell. Yeah, and uh, I like to keep things just the way they are. Thank you, I'm Rich. And anyway, growing is dangerous. By the way, it is dangerous. So yeah. being conservative has has its place, um, in, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't pick one side or the other. I think you have to, it's a balance between the two. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, it's fascinating to watch all of that go on. But, uh, but right now, um, basically, basic services that you got used to, you can't count on anymore. Yeah. Not fun. No, well, it, it's funny. And don't wear a red shirt into a store either because you'd be accosted. Why? Because <laughs> they think you're a greeter or an employee. Oh, <laughs> uh, funny. Um, I, I read an article in the Wall Street Journal, and the reason I bring it up is because um, most people don't subscribe to any news. And every mm-hmm. time I read something cool in the Wall Street Journal, which is the conservative paper of record, yes. I want to like tell some of my conservative friends, "Hey, this is your this is conservatism. Have you have you are you aware of this?" And then I realize. Um, this stuff won't be reported on because it doesn't fit on a bumper sticker or right. a baseball cap. Or a meme. <laughs> um, but there's this incredible article about President Reagan and Federal Reserve Chairman Paul Volcker, uh, Volcker in the Oval, Oval Office back in 1981 when inflation at, at its peak was, I want to get the exact quote, 13.3%. I'm going to say 14%, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the inflation rate of 1979 was 13.3%. At that time, we had 16 tax brackets. Mm. And what happened is the federal government got rich without raising taxes. Do you know why? I don't recall. Thank you, President Ray. <laughs> Take a guess. Uh, uh. did not raise taxes, and yet... Uh. The coffers grew incredibly fast. Well, weapons go for a lot of money, and you can sell them to a lot of countries. That was also happening. Yes, and Ollie North said something about an eight ball. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, you're a great man, um, but please, please see someone. (laughs) 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 Please see a neurologist. Uh, okay. So, uh, no, and it's a really interesting thing. It was called bracket creep uh, because what happens is as wages are rising during inflation, so our inflation is going to be I think, 9% or something for the year, and wages have risen like 5 or 6%. Well, when your wages rise, you get into a higher tax bracket. And you pay more. Even if the inflation means that you've lost 4% of your buying, buying power. power. 
Yeah. Um, but to the federal government, look at you. You're doing good. You're, you're up 5%. We're going to mm -hmm. take a higher percentage from you. That's and what's happening with Social Security and what will be your Medicare payment, too, oh, Bob. Get yeah. ready for that. Oh, senior yes. citizens are totally fucked. In this, in this inflation really scenario. Are. Oh, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> eloquently put. I, I would buy cat food futures right now. Because <laughs> there is no answer oh for senior citizens. Uh, the uh, Social no. Security will always rise slower. And oh, yeah. um, all their nest egg that, you know, if you just save and put into your 401k, That's you'll be right. all yeah. set. Oh, by the way, during inflation, that 401k is going to decline by about 50% uh, in terms of real purchasing power. Yeah, and I'm um, sorry about that. And, and by the way, we're going to try and privatize Social Security. Social Security. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'll be bad. after 1960. You gotta wait till you're 67. Oh yeah. Well, that always happens too. Um, yeah. As you get older, you don't have to wait longer. I'm at uh, 66. I, I was like so pissed when I got cancer. Fuck! I'm not going to get my Social Security. <laughs> <I'll kill you. laughs> Uncle Sam's money. Well, I got to in my pocket. It's like most of the uh, life insurance yeah. policies never ever pay out. I, well, and that's, nine. you know, they, they have these actuarial tables that they know. Yeah. Now I'm like, hey, I think I'm going to live because of my surgery went well. I'm recovering good. I'm going to yeah. get at least a couple years of that Social Security. Good. Yeah. <laughs> my mother got 20 years out of General Motors uh, of retirement. Uh, oh, and pension? Wow. Yeah. 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 Pension, but, what's that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh -huh. The other thing, too, you know, they force you to take that money out of those 401ks and tax you on it. Right. You're forced, you know, minimum distributions. I yeah. think when you, now I think they pushed it to 72 now or something, really? 71. If there's anyone yeah. under the age of 64 listening, let me explain hey, what you're saying. But here's the deal. It's a social contract that, yes. that the government constantly uh, changes the rules on. When you were putting that money in. Um, you, you know, you weren't necessarily told decades ago no. that uh, <laughs> at a certain age you're going to be forced to take it out and pay the high taxes on it. Yeah, it's a bit of a bait and switch. In fact, uh, until recently, you could leave some of that money to, let's say you had a son who was a stand-up comedian and he was really good. <laughs> <laughs> but he hadn't, you know, gotten the Showtime or the Netflix HBO special. Yeah. He wasn't farting through silk yet. But I love, uh, the, I mean, he's, he's genius. He's got millions of views on Facebook, but uh, Mark Zuckerberg hasn't paid him well for that. <laughs> and, um, and so let's say you were thinking, I'm going to leave a little hunk of my 401k to this son because I admire him as an artist and he's a good man. And you used to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And then that kid would have a head start on his retirement just in the last year or two. They changed the rule. They moved the goalpost. Mm. Now I can leave something to Andrew. But he gets whacked on taxes. He has to take, um, I forget how much out, like 10% out a year until it's gone. He can't wait till he gets older. Uh. And so, and, and, and there ought to be a law saying you can't, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? There ought to be a law saying you can only fuck over people you haven't made the deal with yet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then I can hear the guy. Zip, thank you for getting the nuance of that. <laughs> what? Oh man! It's anyway, brutal. it's just it's it's stupid, and you know, heck, I'm a senior citizen now. I'm, I'm grateful to even be a senior citizen. There's no crying in baseball. No. Yeah.
You know, uh, it was when I when I was younger, I would see these guys. Hey, wow, you know that re- senior citizen? He gets ten percent off. Man, that's I can't wait till I can retire and get all yeah. those benefits of being old. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm going to ask you if you know what this phrase means. I read this in this Wall Street Journal article. Have you ever heard the phrase guns and butter? Guns and butter, no. All right. Let me read a little of this article. It sounds like something Axl Rose created after he screwed over the band. (laughs) It does. I thought of Guns N' Roses right away. Um, This is from the Wall Street Journal article. I'm just going to read a little bit of it because nobody pays for newspaper subscriptions. I do. History withholds its wisdom from those who ignore its lessons. Forty years ago this month, the fiscal policy of President Ronald Reagan and the monetary policy of Federal Reserve Chairman Paul Volcker broke the back of 20th century's, the 20th century's most destructive inflation, ushered in an economic expansion that effectively lasted a quarter of a century and banished inflation, you know, big inflation, mm-hmm. until now. The buildup to the Great Inflation started in 1966, see if any of this sounds familiar, when Congress, at the urging of the Johnson administration, expanded funding for both the war in Vietnam and the war on poverty. See, if they'd only fucking blown up other people and not had a war on poverty, this would have been all fine. (laughs) Yeah, the war on poverty. Tell me about it. This was called guns and butter at the time. We need the guns, but let's also give these poor people some butter. Government cheese, butter. It was a double-digit surge in federal spending. By 1973, inflation was running at 8.7%. And would average 9.2% hold onto your horses for nine years. <laughs> nine years. Mm. The great inflation during that time, even after adjusting for inflation, federal revenue rose by 4.1 cents a year. That was because of bracket creep. In other words, mm. the government did this and realized this is great for the government. <laughs> Congress at that time never voted to raise income taxes. And uh, Congress cut federal income taxes in 71, 75, 76, and 77, and still rose uh, and, cre- and got more money for themselves. Eventually, the quintessential shell game. Really. Total shell. Yeah. Three, three know, card Monty. Economics <laughs> is that, by the way, and so is government. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A- anyway, uh, how did they break inflation? Oh, I'm going to skip ahead to that. <laughs> when Reagan took office in 81, the inflation rate was 12.5%. Uh, the tax uh, burden and level of federal spending were post war highs. Uh, what they did is they just raised interest rates dramatically. And they kept going. Yes, and, and then we fired air traffic controllers. Uh, when they tried to go on strike, yes. That's All right. of them, uh, even though I was the head of the Screen Actors Guild myself. <laughs> yeah, prime interest rates went to 20.5% in 1981. And I lived in the White House for nada. <laughs> crazy. What were you paying for your mortgage then, Bob? I, I remember mine was, I think, 11%, and I thought that was a yeah, killer you, deal. You did okay. We uh, we paid fifteen point three percent. So we bought our house, mm. our first house. And Lisa and I, we, you know, we were newly married. We we're still figuring out how to make love. We didn't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> that TMI right there. 
Well, you did something right. You have a couple Seriously, of kids. I was 26. Yeah, I was like, held uh, together. okay, this is going to happen regularly now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, and this, and what did I know? I didn't know anything about economics, so it just was what it was. All I looked at right, right. was what's my monthly payment going to be? Yeah, what's a nut? And is it m- less than my apartment? It was roughly the same. And I did it. And uh, and when they raised those interest rates that high, of course, speculation ended. And, uh, you know, the economy crashed. Big time. But it killed inflation. And and so now, you know, we got everybody talking about, ooh, they raised it three quarters of a point. Will yeah, so that I- be enough? I don't know in the current economic shell game uh, what's going to happen in the next few years. Uh, you know, people always say history won't repeat itself. And you know what's ironic about that? History repeats People itself. always say it. <laughs> <laughs> you're repeating yourself. Like, literally, you're doing it right now while you're saying it. As you say it, yeah. Anyway, right, that's the inflation. What else is going on? Um, but that's the uh, American way, to live at the max and, you know, max yeah. your credit cards out. And yeah. just, well, Making- if I can afford it this month, I'll buy that 85-inch television i, I can make so. the minimum payment on the card i'm good yeah mm. yeah i think so um i want to talk a little bit about spam can we do that sure there are new creative ways to steal my email and i wonder if you guys are experiencing this too absolutely all right go ahead and talk about one i i don't know how who's doing it or how they're doing it but they're doing it because I, I don't know if it's coming from Alexa. I don't know if it's Google gathering info or if it's the moment that you, cla- you click on the cookies icon, but it's being stolen. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, do you know how, I'm aside on this, do you know how cookies work? Um, autofill remembers your preferences, follows, tracks you. I think that's all I know. It's a guess. Okay, so here's how it works from a business uh, point of view. Yeah, they build a profile on you. Um, a business website will get you to log in and create an account, or they'll, mm-hmm. let's say you're interested in a piece of uh, furniture or you look into an online school. Mm-hmm. What happens is the guy who handles their online marketing gets a printout of all the IP addresses and all the MAC addresses of people and the MAC address is the uh, unique fingerprint of your individual iPad or uh, right. Android phone or whatever. It's literally, as you walk around, you're leaving uh, crumbs IP, yeah. of who you are. <laughs> I mean, it's, nothing's private. What if you're a crumb? <laughs> and anyway, they get that information. And so, uh, like, did you ever go into a store online and you looked at something and you put it in a, um, in a, in a cart. Cart, shopping cart? Yeah. And then the next day you get an email from them, hey, you left hey, something in your cart. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Have you ever gotten the email that says, by the way, uh, we're going to give you a discount on that? Hmm. Yeah. Watch that. Oh, by the way, I'm going to save this podcast right now. You know why? The, com- uh, the whole world is corrupt, files included. <laughs> I don't know. The computer <laughs> I'm using is about to go into sleep mode. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. You getting beach ball? Hang on. The Bob and Zip Show with Dan Kelly. Hey, kids. Today we're going to learn about the world. 
planets around us is pretty amazing but how does it work it must be complicated the secret is the world can only work when everything works together a bee drinks from a flower and leaves with its pollen a squirrel in a tree spreads the seeds that have fallen everything works together the biggest elephant the littlest fly the gophers underground the birds in the sky and every single cricket every fish in the sea gives what they can and gets what they need that is how the world works that is how the world works from a to zebra to the worms in the dirt that's how it works hey everyone Look who stopped by to say hello. It's Socko. Hey. Where you been, Socko? I've been where I always am when you're not wearing me on your hand. In a frightening liminal space between states of being. Not quite dead, not quite alive. It's similar to a constant state of sleep paralysis. Socko, we were just talking about the world and how it works. Boy, that sounds complicated. Do you have anything you'd want to teach us about the world? I wouldn't say anything that you probably haven't already said yourself. I don't know about that, Socko. How about you give it a try? All right. The simple narrative taught in every history class is demonstrably false and pedagogically classist. Don't you know the world is built with blood and genocide and exploitation? The global network of capital essentially functions to separate the worker from the means of production. And the FBI killed Martin Luther King. Private property's inherently theft. And neoliberal fascists are destroying the left. And every politician, every cop on the street protects the interests of the pedophilic corporate elite. That is how the world works. Really? That is how the world works. Genocide, the natives say you got to it first. That's how it works. That's pretty intense. No shit. What can I do to help? Read a book or something, I don't know. Just don't burden me with the responsibility of educating you. It's incredibly exhausting. I'm sorry, Sako. I was just trying to become a better person. Why do you rich fucking white people insist on seeing every socio-political conflict through the myopic lens of your own self-actualization? This isn't about you. So either get with it or get out of the fucking way. Watch your mouth, buddy. <laughs> Remember who's on whose hand here. But that's what I... Have you not been fucking listening? We are in right, in a... Right, wait, I'm... wait, wait, no, please! I don't want to go back! <laughs> oh, 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 I can't go... I can't go back, please. Please. I'm sorry. Are you going to behave yourself? Yes. Yes. What? Yes, sir. Look at me. Yes, sir. That's better. That is how the world works. That is how the world works. I hope you learned your lesson. I did and it hurt. That's how it 
word. The Bob and Zip Show with Ben Kelly. Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. Ain't always look on the bright side of life. Come on. Always look on the bright side of life. For life is quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your scene, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's your last chance anyhow. So always look on the bright side of death. Just before you draw your terminal breath. Life's a piece of shit. When you look at it, life's a laugh and death's a joke, it's true. You'll see it's all a show, keep them laughing as you go. Just remember that the last laugh is on you. And always look on the bright side of I said they'll never make that money back. Oh.